Are you in the market for a great mattress? Well, then take a look at Helix. Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you, my friend. Go to helixsleep.com slash opie. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Opie Radio. Good morning, everybody. Just walked outside to hear the birds are chirping. Spring is in the air, but it is um, it is still cold. Winter is holding on. My goodness. But welcome to my little live stream. Uh, yeah, we're at the ocean. The sun is uh, coming up. It's going to be tucked into those clouds, it looks like. We're only, um, I don't know, another week or two away from the sun not rising over the ocean anymore in these parts. What's up, Leslie Larson? How are you? Uh, Nick Umrichin. Uh, <laughs> he's trying once again, Mike O'Donnell with the roll tide. Vic Henley wouldn't like that. <laughs> Don't do that to me, sir. Scott Watson, my fellow fisherman. Well, we're not fellow fishermen yet. We got to still, we still got to get out there and, and do some fishing. Uh, Mr. Watson also, also he's a member of our, uh, subscribers on Instagram. Yes. OP radio. Thank you, Scott Watson. Are you radio gunk? I am. I just woke up. See, I tried to set myself up so I too can do sunrise. Oh, very nice. Where you? Uh, where you at? I am on the Gulf Coast in uh, Florida right now. Oh wait, I got a super chat. My thing is, if I get a super chat, I got to put them to the front of the line and read their crap. Cold. Of course you do. Sometimes it's bad, and it might be about you. Let's see, uh, but we can handle it. We can handle it. Of course, uh, it's about me. Josh Foster, eleven twenty-seven. What a weird uh, number. Opster, thanks for having Radio Gunk on. Want to ask you about a. Strange rumor, like 10 years ago, did you get into a fight with Simon Rex at a Queen's Tickle <laughs> Shop? That is, you, you know, when you're in the public eye, there's so many dumb things that are said about you. No offense. Did God. you? Did you? No, no, God, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know Simon Rex. Give me like a little um, quick summary of like, like what's your deal with the Radio Gunk um, podcast slash live stream? So Radio Gunk just came out of my boredom at work. I designed clothing my entire life. And uh, <clears throat> in between seasons and traveling, I uh, saw that podcasts were becoming a thing because I used to throw them on when I was on an airplane. And um, then I was part of a website called Dog Shed, which just basically brutalized Howard. And, um, and I appreciated their snarky sense of humor. And there were probably at any given time about 10,000 people online there. And I was like, what a, what a perfect opportunity to kind of capture some of the zeitgeist that is hating on Howard Stern nowadays, especially after he went to Sirius and became a complete asshole. And, um, and that's when we decided to start a podcast. I mean, it was at a time where people were like, what's a podcast? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then it quickly became, you know, I lived um, in Hell's Kitchen and I was really, really friendly with Grillo and with Tim Sabian and Jackie and all these people. And now we just do like a Today Tonight Tonight show where we kind of recap what he's done during the day. And the show is so horrible that we, we, (laughs) we find it almost impossible to continue doing it. It's really bad. I started listening to him a little bit in, in the last year after not listening for I, for a really long time. I never was a regular listener of Howard Stern. Uh, his interviews are decent, but he changes his whole, whole personality when he interviews someone, which I find really strange. And then, like, 
I'll, t- I'll tell you, I said this recently, like when Howard just turns on a mic and talks to Robin about what's going on in his life, I like that a lot. It's really interesting. But then he has to still do all that shock jock crap that uh, is not special anymore. And that's what makes me turn it off immediately. And then some of the some and then some of the interviews when he has to change his voice and like he lowers his voice to try. Oh, to, he modulates so horribly. It's I so mean, weird. He's like, a completely different animal from from what he used to be. Yes, yes, John. Regular fifteen right. k. Oh, that's what it was. I reported on his granddaughter. That's what it was. So wait, they got mad at that. Uh, well, yeah, because <laughs> I, you know. I showed a picture of his his granddaughter from his daughter's Instagram, but I put a wig on it, and it was really cute. I put, like, a big... Howard Stern wig on it? Yes, of course. And um, we thought it was funny, um, but him not so much. So the, the whole, the, the entirety of the, the Stern show blocked me on, on Twitter and on Instagram. And then it became more fun. Because I don't give a shit anymore. You know, I do the show for fun. It's not for making money. Right. It's just something that, you know, when we get to a point where it's not fun anymore, we won't do it anymore. And that's it. Well, t- Tim Sabian talks highly of you. He's He kept saying for years, you got to talk to Monique. But um, look, the problem I have with Howard is really, really simple. He never fought his battles with us on the air. It was all behind the scenes crap. And he made our lives a living hell. And that's why to this day, it's hard for me to let it go. Um, you know, I told a story recently that we killed on Letterman. It was more Anthony. Anthony killed on Letterman, let's be honest. But I was there as part of it. And uh, and the producers and everybody ran to us immediately. They're like, that was awesome. We want to start using you guys on, on this show. Like, maybe you can become sort of semi-regulars when we need a guest. If someone cancels or something, you guys are local. We could put you on. Dave loved it. And then we never heard from the, the Letterman camp again. And then someone that I, I, I don't mention his name. Because he would get really nervous, but it was told to me that uh, you know that that we were banned from Letterman because Howard made a call behind the scenes. That's the crap he used to do. He because he can, it's very passive aggressive. He loves to say he doesn't fire anybody. He's the the most honest man in show business, but he's really not. I I have to talk to you about the the Kumia thing with the trolley video in the restaurant because yeah. I gotta tell you. Without question, I thought it was you. I mean, at a cursory glance, yeah, yeah. I would have 1,000% thought it was yeah. you. Did you think it was funny or were you upset about that? No, I, I didn't think it was funny because I, I know Anthony's ulterior motives. And he, he, he wanted to start some drama. He wanted people to think that I was at a restaurant with some, some woman that wasn't my wife. Like I, I sat next to the guy long enough to know that it wasn't just a cute little thing. Like, Oh, look at this guy. It looks just like Opie. And as far as like people sending me videos and pictures over the years, that one, that one certainly looked a lot like me 100%, but uh, <laughs> it really did. And then over the weekend, I I'm getting bombarded by, you know, then that, then that fires up the, uh, the, the the nest of wasps and they come at you and then they they're like who was the woman does your wife know like now i'm getting attacked all weekend and he knows he's not stupid so that's why i know i did not find it funny whatsoever see it's so cute because to me i mean i would not uh, sorry i gotta finish i'm not in a position with anthony where i'm gonna be taking cute little little jokes from the guy you know the guy has has put me through uh, hell ever since he got fired from the Opie and Anthony show for his racist rants. And then he, he was manipula- 
manipulative enough to to turn the audience to, and make them think the reason why Opie and Anthony ended was because of me. I'm like, no, the Opie and Anthony show ended because of you and your stupid racist rants. I kind of think that people know that. Like, I honestly do. It took years, Monique. It took years. Yes, you're right. They but do there was also know that now. The other <sighs> question, though, at the time, though, was 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 Opie responsible for you know manipulating things behind the scenes to make sure that it happened like were you were you the responsible party for you know planting that little piece of sand in the oyster that is serious to to make it ultimately happen no no the fact is like serious xm they, they basically don't care what you do as long as you're bringing in the money for them and right. the fact is with with ants racist crap and his gun talk day after day, we were losing uh, our audience. Everyone knows that. And it got to a point where it wasn't worth it anymore. So they got rid of the guy. But is there a point where you guys like had to come to Jesus, like sit down and said, Aunt, you got to fucking tone it down. Like you got to just I, back I up. Can't, I can't talk to that point because we barely talked when the mics were off. So to be completely honest. I think my actions during those rants uh, said a lot because I just would sit there on my hands and and not want to participate in the in his eugenics discussion that he brought to our show, like for real. Like we had a we had an amazing radio show. Yeah, I was nipping at Howard Stern's heels. We were really close to overcoming him, overtaking him. Excuse me. And then and then he used our giant platform to talk about race issues in America. That's not the show. If you touch on that here and there, sure, why not? Like anything you could touch on when you do a high-profile radio show. But he turned this giant show into, into a platform for his race crap and his gun talk. And go back and listen to the tapes. The first hour. I hour understand, but you're yeah. big boys. How do you not how do you not do a ant? You know, let's go, let's go for drinks, let's go talk about I mean, we, it's your it's your it's we, your moniker on the fucking door this is your child you're not wrong and we definitely tried over the years when we had our issues we would get together go and you know get drunk together laugh our asses off it would be honestly it would be awesome we'd be at a bar just drinking laughing and all the stuff that were bothering us about each other kind of went away in the moment and then this uh, is more this is so much more significant this is the this is the lifeblood of your show and And I don't understand not being able, like John. Okay, I mean, such a such a smaller microcosm of what you do. But if John and I were having an issue, I have no issue whatsoever with saying John, who whom I don't speak to during the week at all, other than right. when we're just about to go on air. Right. But if there was something that was really significant to the lifeblood of our show, when we're making millions of dollars, <laughs> how does it not become something that you are you're all over? It's your baby. You're a hundred percent. And we, we, uh, to his credit, my credit, we certainly tried from time to time and we were able to like clear the air. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on with me and Anthony, like, because we couldn't get along and we tried and we would do the bar thing or a restaurant thing and we would laugh our asses. I'm not going to lie to you. We would, we would do a radio show for each other at a bar and we would get drunk and we would like air our differences. And I said, this is what bothers me. And he would say, this is what bothers me. And I'm like, okay, I'll try better. He said, I'll try better. Let's start over, you know, that type of thing. And then we'd go back on the air. And for two or three days, it was like magic again, like the early days of uh, starting this whole thing. And then it would quickly go right back to it. And 
I'm to blame as much as he is in some of this stuff because we left millions on the table. I mean, millions of dollars on the table. Millions. He ain't making any money. I'm not making any money. And there's Howard making stupid money doing a mediocre show. It's it's honestly it's a hacky zoo show at best. It's honestly a damn shame. Well, he was always a zoo guy. I, I you know, when you really study radio, Howard Stern was always a zoo guy with a bit of an edge. Yeah, he I think a lot right. of the same zooey stuff, but he had uh, an edge to it. That's what made him special at the time. But he he was always in that genre of uh, radio guys. Was Anthony the love of your life, Opie? at this point in my life i really regret ever meeting the guy and i oh come on that's not fair you guys had an amazing show you had an amazing run monique Monique, when you monique 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 when your life it doesn't just revolve around that and when you're have such heartache and you do a show with a guy that you can't even talk to when the mics are off and you tried um, it affects your personal life. It is really, it's been, it's, it, 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 it wasn't fun. I, I made stupid money. I was really famous, but it wasn't fun. And I, I started doing radio and the haters make fun when I say this, but I started this when I was 17, 18 years old, I would have been just fine. You know, and, and after the Opie and Anthony show broke up, I, I realized why I got into radio when I started doing a new show with Carl Ruiz from the Food Network, Guy Fieri's friend and my dear friend, and Vic Henley. And I, I, I surrounded myself with guys that that it was easy and fun and there was no drama. And maybe right. there was no drama because the show wasn't as popular as Opie and Anthony. So, you know, I, I would have to throw that in the discussion. I think the pressure cooker that was the show also affected us and our relationship. But honestly, as I sit here today talking to you, I really regret ever having a relationship with a guy. And that's like, that's, that's like a wow moment for people. But I know my skills and putting radio shows together, I probably would have been better off finding other people that I would have been more comfortable with because after- Would you have been as successful? I mean, that's for the fans to say, and most would say no, um, because they know what we accomplished. I think it would have been very, very hard, of course, but I think I would have carved out a very decent living for myself, if you want to know the truth. I don't know. You caught lightning in a bottle. You guys ran with it, and it was amazing, and that's... Yeah, I try to focus on that, but it's become me versus him many, many years ago, and it's, it's uh, it's hard to get away from, unfortunately, so... So are you friendly with anybody that you did work with the oh, on plenty, the show? Yeah, plenty of people. I don't I don't I don't deal with a lot of that nonsense. But a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys I don't wanna I just simply don't wanna have a relationship with. I, you know, Jim was Jim was not a guy that you could be friends with. He doesn't really have friends. He could act like he has friends, but he doesn't. <laughs> um you know what I, I surrounded myself for uh, I surrounded myself around a lot of a lot of strange people because I know I know they made good radio if you want to know the truth well of course it was it's like your own more articulate whack pack I mean let's be honest it's a it's people that you could surround yourself with that's only going to enhance your ability to do a show yeah. and so you do it I mean the same thing for for Carl who was a great co-host for you and um I just kind of feel like after what happened at Sirius, and I definitely want to talk about Howard for a second, but I feel like after Sirius, uh, both of you lost your way a little bit. And I know you probably had non-competes, right? I mean, so you had to, when you left, did you have to leave? Like, did you have to not do anything for a while? 
What when I left Sirius? Yeah. No, man. Um, I actually, uh, I actually had a huge uh, opportunity with WABC. They wanted me to take over for Imus, but uh, regular radio, the money is just absolutely terrible. Yeah. And I did not want that stress. I mean, people don't understand when you do a radio show like Opie and Anthony, especially on regular radio, where you're sweating out the ratings every month and. Uh, you know, it's it's an, it's a pressure cooker. Uh, you know, people look at a radio show like it's so fun. It's the easiest job in America. And at, at some days it certainly is. But they were they were offering me crap money to take over for Imus. But you know what the funny thing is? I, I talked to a guy at ABC and he he actually said, so what have you been doing the last few years? He had no <laughs> idea I was still on satellite because I'm telling you. I was privy. I had a big boss over there that really, really I was close to, and he really would give me the inside stuff. And I asked him one day, this was before Anthony blew himself up. I go, the show's over, isn't it? He goes, oh, it's been over for a couple of years now. Yeah. Like, but we still had an audience that was holding on, but it was nothing like uh, the early years of uh, satellite radio. We lost a big market share with that Opie and Anthony show. Was there enough people to keep it going for a while? Sure. But then it got to a point that it wasn't worth it anymore. So when Ant acted up, they're like, goodbye. But honestly, I didn't get I didn't get a lot of offers after I left uh uh serious. I got a decent offer from Westwood One to start a podcast, but they they were delusional. They gave me a, a healthy number, way more than regular radio, and they and then it came out after a year, uh they were disappointed because they really thought that I had enough heat and God bless them that I was going to bring in a million downloads a week from my podcast. And that's why they paid me so well. So after the year was over, they still liked me. And this is another th bullshit thing that's out there. They, they wanted me to continue at Westwood one, but they wanted me to continue on, uh, you know, pennies on the dollar. Cause they're like, look, you didn't, you didn't do what we were hoping you would do, but we like you and you're bringing in, you're bringing in okay people. So we're, I'll tell you, they wanted to pay me something like 10% of what I was making. And then at that point, I'm like, I might as well just do it myself at that point. And that's what I decided. But I did, I wasn't let go of Westwood or anything. I had an actual offer on the table, but it was a really crappy offer. What are the metrics that are told to you by Sirius XM in terms of how many people you have listening to your show? It all seems so nebulous in the, on the back end. I, I never, I never knew, and Anthony would say the same thing. We never knew how many people were listening to our radio show. On regular radio, you got numbers. And there was a time we were talking to at least a couple million people a week, maybe more. Right. But, but it's serious. I think the numbers are so much lower than these hosts realize that if they actually saw the numbers, they would they would jump shit their pants. Right. How many out a window, and that's why they don't give you the numbers, and they also want to hold that over you because every contract, I would I would fight with these guys. It was another thing that I know oh, Opie was stubborn and he wouldn't sign the contract. I, I wouldn't sign the contract. Here's another thing. I'll give you another exclusive. I, I wouldn't sign the contract, and I was the holdout because I knew we were worth way more money than they were paying us. I I, I knew what Howard was making. Right. And, I, and I knew from like our appearances and the phones and everything else, our social media, that we were killing it for Sirius XM for a, a bunch of years there. So every time our contract came up, I was to hold out because I'm like, screw these guys. We, we deserve twice the money that uh, they're offering us. 
and that turned out to be some negative thing. What does Howard say he talks to? I don't. I don't think Howard. Howard's not even talking to a million people. You know that, right? I absolutely think it's somewhere around seven hundred thousand people a week. I, I honestly think that's even high, but I mean, now we're just kind of you know. But we're spitballing up. because I I don't even yeah. have a I don't even have a baseline by which to go by. But one time I heard they said he was talking to like ten or twenty million people. I, I laughed so hard. Yeah, when he had Reggie Jackson on last week, Reggie was in his car coming to the show, and I guess the PR person told him he's like, you know, you're like the Walter Winchell of uh, of radio today. You know, your your voice is so important to so many people. And I was yeah. told on the in the car on the way here that you have tens of millions of, of listeners a week. And we're all like, no, no. Sabian said at the peak, Howard had around 600,000 in uh, 2008. See, I mean, I, I, I honestly think there was a time he was talking to over a million people, but the number he gives now is just, <laughs> it's not even close. It's, it's not even close. There are, there are, what did they say recently? There's something like 200,000 podcasts out there and a lot of them are worth listening to like the one reason why we were so famous and made so much money and of course you know howard as well was there was no uh, there weren't options so if you were good everyone was going to jump on board but now if you're good there's uh, there's hundreds of other shows that are good are you in the market for a great mattress well then take a look at helix Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you, my friend. Go to helixsleep.com slash opie. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And that is the truth. I finally, by the way, counted all the mattresses I have from Helix. Um, I'm up to five. (laughs) Yes, I'm up to five mattresses from Helix. They weren't even an advertiser. I was in the market for a mattress. I did my own research. And what came back to me was that Helix was a great mattress. I'm like, I'll give this a try. And now fast forward, what, two years later, I got five mattresses from Helix. And I didn't have to go to a mattress store once because they mail the mattress right to your house. It's shrink-wrapped. Then you cut the bag and the mattress comes to life right in front of your eyes. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. Oh, you're convinced already? All right, then go to helixsleep.com slash opie to get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. But, Ope, I don't know what mattress works for me. All right, then take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Plus, they have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. But, Ope, I don't want to take your word for it. You might be just reading this commercial to make a few bucks. Oh, yeah? Well, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix offering up to 20% off all mattress orders, two free pillows for you. Go to helixsleep.com slash opie. Once again, that's helixsleep.com slash opie. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, 
Better sleep starts right now. So talk to me about the infamous and fabulous um, lockdown video because we love that and it's one of our absolute favorite things that you have ever done simply because there is no there is no light shined on his Howard Stern's ability to to be the princess at the right. ball. I mean, a lot of this I've said. I'm trying. I, I really am trying to give you stuff that has never been said before. So, but basically, Club Soda Kenny, to his credit, goes, "Oh, I wouldn't do this if I was you." I knew doing that video would probably end my time at SiriusXM, and unfortunately. Because Howard can't take anything. He can't take jokes whatsoever at his expense. That is a fact, and you know that probably better. The than most thin-skinned of them all. I do regret this. And, and I, I said it once on my live stream, but it kind of passed everyone by. But I actually wrote an email to Scott Greenstein recently apologizing for my behavior. And I'll tell you why. Because I was so frustrated with Opie and Anthony and miserable. And I finally was able to develop something new that absolutely was working with Carl and Vic. Not to the extent of Opie and Anthony, but I feel like we had a good shot of having a, a decent, successful show. You had a good vibe. I was, I was happy again. And Sirius XM, even though they cut my salary and, and took away my channel name after they said they wouldn't, and then they took away my replay after they said they wouldn't, I was a bitter, bitter man. But the fact is, I was really, really happy doing radio again. So I was conflicted. And I should have probably behaved just for the simple fact that I was having fun with Carl and Vic and Sherrod and Chris Stefano and others. Um, and Howard was continuing to pull his bullshit. And he changed his hours. And uh, the fact is, all those years that we worked in the same building as Howard, we rarely saw the guy. No one really saw the guy. When he would walk the hallways, people would be like, oh, my God. Like they were seeing a dinosaur. They were like, oh, my God. Like, it was Bigfoot. They were amazed. That's exactly were, who he is, yes. And everyone would take out their cameras because they think they got a Bigfoot sighting. It was really strange when he finally would walk around a little bit. But that had to be rare as well. Extremely. I mean, extremely rare. Howard's a weird dude. He is a bizarre, weird dude. Um, so... He changed his hours and he was on the exact same time as me. And he comes up uh, a special elevator with Ronnie and he pops out into the hall. And then he has to walk down a hallway about, man, 60, 70 feet, maybe. maybe. Wait, before you finish, because I, I need to pick through this like bit by bit. So special elevators, that mean that he comes like right from the garage into like a, was it a service elevator or was it a special yeah, elevator? I mean, I could only I could talk for when I was there. I mean, things maybe have changed, but the rumor is that his limo would go in an actual elevator. No, that was the rumor. I don't know how true that is. No, that's the rumor. He absolutely would pull in. The doors would close on the side entrance of that building. <laughs> I've never heard that. Oh yeah, no, he never he never stepped out of a, a limo on the streets of New York. Um, and then the rumor was that him and the limo. This is a rumor. I, I don't have proof of this, but it's been said to me many, many times for many, many years that the uh, the uh, limo would go up an elevator. So then he would pop out in a hallway, and then he would have to walk down to, like I said, seventy, maybe eighty feet to his 
compound. I mean, compound. He had half the floor. For yes, I've been up there. I've seen it. Okay. All of a sudden, and I would come out of the regular civilian elevator at Banks, walk in, take my left to my studio. So we, we started crossing paths in the morning. I was at a point where I did reach out to Howard's people because there's been bad blood for a really, really long time. He apologized to Brother Weeze about making his life miserable when he used to go after his, as Howard now says, slow adult child. Yes. I heard that recently. I could not believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, the, you know, I'm not even going to say the word out of respect, whatever. I, I think you should be able to say whatever word you want, but Howard has a character called Wendy the Retard. Wendy, Okay, you could say it. I was listening to recently. I didn't know he's calling her Wendy the slow adult. Oh, that's been years. <clears throat> that's been years. But here's my point about that. Like, all of a sudden, like, the word midget became bad, but now you call the person a little person. What's the difference? You're still, you're still pointing out that they're, they're different than, quote, normal. So, so what is he accomplishing by now calling her Wendy the slow adult? That's the rebranding of Howard Stern 2.0. That's the, that's the Marcy Turk era where he is a um, interviewer and not just a hacky Z Morning Zoo guy. This is the, you know. I get it. I get where it's coming from, but, but it's more of a social issue, Monique. Like, what are you accomplishing? You're still making, you're still pointing out that uh, a little person. They are different. Is, is, is different than the, quote, norm out there that. Wendy, the slow adult, that's different than the norm out there. So at that point, you might as well call her Wendy the DR. Uh, but anyway, he made fun of Brother Weez's, uh, uh daughter relentlessly, and, and he felt bad. And he finally called up Weez, and he was making amends with people that he really beat the crap out of in his radio career. Had a great conversation with Weez for over an hour. And I don't know if you know... Uh, the history of why I bet I had bad blood with Howard Stern, but it goes all the way back to when Howard used to beat up Brother Weez's daughter when he went into the Rochester market. Bro Brother Weez meant everything to me, and I always said to myself, if I ever had the chance, I will, I will go after this guy. And I was just a, a schmuck in radio at that point with a with a dream. But fast forward, it ended up happening. So I'm like, screw it, I'm going to take my shots at this guy. He's garbage for what he did to my friend. So um, Brother Weeze knew all that, and he, uh, he had a great conversation with Howard. And at the end of the conversation, he asked Howard, he goes, what about my boy Opie? Because at that point, I was more than willing to talk to Howard Stern about right. whatever bad blood we have. And Howard, I swear I could get Brother Weeze on this thing. Brother Weeze has said this on a show many times. He, uh, Howard Stern said to Brother Weeze, I'm not ready for your boy Opie yet. <laughs> wow. But I tried. I, I talked to people that you probably know. Uh, I talked to Greenstein about it. I said, look, you know, I know it's not good for, for business with SiriusXM, and I know it's not good for my business, as me personally, that I'm taking uh, big shots at the biggest guy on the platform. But I explained to Greenstein, you know, some of the problems I had with Howard. And I said, look, I'll even sit down with the guy. I don't have to be on a show. It doesn't have to be a big, giant thing. You know, if he wants... If he wants the conversation to stay between uh, me and him, I'm more than willing to do that. Whatever it takes, I'll sit down with the guy. And uh, 
you know, I think Greenstein at the time panicked, like, you want to, you want to, you want to actually sit down. You know, it, it, Greenstein was in a panic because right. there's no way he was going to go to Howard with this. Uh, That's with, their cash cow, of course not. Yeah, so so I look like the idiot that I'm going after the big dog over there, but I had my reasons, but I was willing to sit down. But anyway, so then um, we go back to the hallway. He changed his hours. We started passing each other in the hall, and I just said simply one day, I looked at uh, Kenny before I got to Howard. I go, I go, Kenny, F it, F it. So I saw Howard. I looked him right in the eye and I said, good morning. Like really nice. Like, good morning. Like you would say to a fellow employee. Right. And we walked by. He didn't say a word. And Kenny starts giggling like a schoolgirl. And I go to Kenny, what's up? And he goes, uh, he is so mad. Because, you know, Kenny's a security <laughs> guard. He can pick up on things. He goes, he is seething. He's so mad. He said, hi. And I'm like, I remember thinking, that's crazy. Who gets mad at a, at a hide? Uh, no matter you know who it's coming from, right? So then this happened a couple more times. Next thing you know, one day I'm going to work. I get out of the elevator banks. I'm ready to open the door. There's a security guard like this at the door. And I'm like, that's weird. And I, I try to open the door. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's on the other side of the glass. No, 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 no. And I'm like, what the hell? And then he puts up his finger like, Wow. I'm like, what is this? And me and Kenny are like trying to figure it out, right? And the guy's really focused looking down the hall. And next thing you know, Howard and his, and Ronnie and that. His story. merry band of midgets comes yeah. like strolling by. Yeah. Well, they, they walk with him like he's, uh, he's the president. He's got security in front. He's got security. How much security does he have? Like how much security does uh, that man have? I mean, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I know Ronnie was his main guy, but I, uh, past that, I, I would be speaking out of turn. But. When he entered the building, though, he had Ronnie and then he had um, whoever Sirius assigned him to just get him in his area. So I think that's all that was. But no one was at work yet. This is morning radio. Like, like literally no one. It, it was like at, at that time of the morning, it would be, well, this was after Anthony left. So it would be the show I was doing in mornings and a couple other little morning shows inside little studios. But no one was there. I mean, if you counted the amount of people that was actually on that floor when Howard came to work, it had to be less than a dozen people. For real. Amazing. So, so it was you. So you're the reason that lockdown oh no, occurred. Oh, no. It, oh, no. It was told to me 100%. And this is why it's so frustrating with Howard because, you know, he he spun the story on the air differently that some intern or something was bothering him for an autograph and he couldn't take that and he just wants to get to work and – and start his show, but uh, then it was told to me by a couple people because I had my I had my people at Sirius. They're like, "No, man, they they locked down the hallways because you said you had the nerve to say hi to him in the hall." This was happening every day. I would get there, I would get out of the elevator banks. There would be the two glass doors and the security guard like this, and you know, putting up one moment and blocking my entrance. And I, I supposedly at this point, I was a big radio show for Sirius XM, and I I would watch Howard walk by. Day after day, this was happening, and we'd have to stand in the elevator banks. And I'm getting mad because I'm like, I was told for a while there I was the second biggest show at Sirius. Who knows if that was even probably true? I would assume maybe, but finally, I just started picking up my camera and I started filming it. And Kenny would just shake his head. He's like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And then I filmed him. I filmed him probably, I don't know, maybe three or four times. 
Wait, so how are we only seeing the one? Do you have the other ones? I do have the other ones. They're not as they're not as good. And then maybe I'll post a, a montage of it. But the Oh the my god, please do that. Right. Please, we need that. It's like Zapruder <laughs> films to us. You but need figured, to do that. But it got me in so much trouble, and that was the best one by far. Um and I, I sat on that video for a long time because I'm like, man, I know if I post this, I'm, d I'm done because right. I just know how he is. But it finally got to a point at SiriusXM where I'm like, I don't care. I, I just don't care anymore. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, right? So uh, podcast noises. Yeah, you don't, what's your dog barking at? Yeah, I know. I need to, I need to shut so, the door. Kenny, you know, to his credit, he's like, I wouldn't do that. He knew. And I finally got to a point. I don't remember. It, it was it was a while after I actually filmed it that I posted it, and I knew then I was on the fast track of leaving Sirius XM. But was that the same year that you also did the video in the bathroom with the poop? Uh, well, the poop thing is a, a complete exaggeration. That uh, it was. That's what they tried to get me for, and then I uh, I fought them. I got to be careful how I talk, but in the end. Like I say, I had a gentleman's agreement with Scott Greenstein and Sirius XM. I was fooling around with, with guys that I, you know, th that I thought were on my side, and then you know, uh, one of these guys turned on me and tried to make uh, make a big deal out of out of literally, literally nothing. nothing. And they knew that when they finally get, saw the video, because you know, I I got, I got, I can't really talk about it, uh, but uh, uh, I could I could say this like we weren't going to go down that way, and my. I had uh, my agent my, and, and a lawyer get involved immediately. And then Sirius XM's like, well, let's see the video then that everyone's talking about. <laughs> the video. And let's just put it this way. They couldn't be nicer after that. They really were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, yep. So we had a gentleman's agreement in the end. I could say that much. Um, yes, Lord Pembridge. That is exactly right. Everyone seems to turn on you in the end, Ope. Uh, I got my people. You do, but you know, do you do you feel like do you was, feel like when you both, um, like when you were gone and Anthony was gone and he went and started like this compound media thing and has like this whole crew, which I I I personally feel that he probably lost a shit ton of money on on Artie and all the promotion that went into having an Artie Lang be on the show and stuff like that. Artie started on my show. Uh after Anthony left and uh, you know, we, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's okay. We, uh, he, get, he's unbelievable how great he is and how quick he is and how funny he is. Yes. And I, and I got messages from him like, Oh, this is going really well. And I really enjoyed doing your show. And he was basically saying, I wouldn't mind doing this on a more regular basis. But at that point I was like, I can't enter into a, another relationship with, with someone that is an addict. Well, you know what? It's the right move, to be honest with you, because I don't think that's ever been. I think when Ant did it and he had that huge billboard right outside the uh, the tunnel and the whole thing, I think right. he put a lot of money into the belief that Artie could do this. When, right. when in reality, pretty much everybody knew that Artie couldn't do this. We've all heard the stories. I've heard many a story of people going to Artie's house to do the podcast with him. Yeah. And, you know, they, they'd schedule the show for like 10 o'clock at night or something like that. Yeah. And then Artie would disappear into the bathroom for two hours. Yeah, it's a damn shame because he's so 
damn funny and so I mean so talented. And it should have worked with Anthony. You know, it's uh, it's too bad. I mean, on paper that should have worked. Obviously, absolutely um, should have worked. Absolutely. But, the, but after the uh, lockdown video, uh, I also did the video where I entered Howard's area. After I did that video, oh, they, but the cleaning woman let you in. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. and that's the reason. And it's been told to me by a lawyer that's no longer there. Mm. So I, I got, as the kids say, receipts. That was the reason right there. Because Howard just made their life a living hell that, that that happened. And then they were just trying to find anything they could get me on after that. And then, you know, they went for the other thing. And like I said, I, I kind of mopped that up with you. But I, I was just out of my I was just out of control and out of my mind. Like I said, I, I did apologize to Greenstein because I'm like, man, I, I actually really liked what it was doing at the end there but i was live on facebook i was feeling it and uh we were walking out after my radio show and i saw howard's area and i kind of hinted to the guys i'm going to try to get in there it was more for facebook live like um, you know sometimes you do things knowing there's going to be no payoff but the the journey before there's no payoff is kind of exciting right you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but also only Howard pranks, no one else. So right. he's the only one allowed to do things like that. He's the only one allowed to let somebody run naked in the hallways of Sirius when there's like, you know, a function going on in the fishbowl. You know, he's the only oh, one yeah. to do those things, not yeah, you. If anyone else does that, you're 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 fired. But so I John has a question that he always you know, we always poo-poo it because I don't believe that it's true. So we'll ask you really quickly. Okay. John constantly thinks that um, Howard is a silent partner in Sirius. Well, I mean, if you think about it, he is, right? The amount of money he makes. I mean, he's making more money than the stockholders. Than the CEO? Oh, God, he makes way more money than the CEO. Do you know how much he made last year? Howard? No. Uh, what's her face? The new CEO chick. No, I just know the numbers in general. $30 million with her I, stock options. But Howard makes more than that. I know, I know, I know, he, I know. He he, maybe not officially, but he's technically a partner if you think about it. If you're making that much money, if you're making way more money than um, the you know the board of directors and the CEO. Then, then you have a say in what happens. Then you're technically a, a silent partner, right? And That's how think, I would look at it. Do you think that Sirius actually has a longevity problem? Like, do you think now with the onslaught of being able to do Wi-Fi in your car and, you know, the way the Tesla model is where you can, you know, watch TV, for God's sakes, if you want to, do you think that the Sirius model is on its waning days? As much as we have our issues with Howard uh, and we trash him, he's still getting the job done. But when he leaves, they're, they're effed. Who do they got to hold up the whole thing when, like you just said, I can now... When I first went to satellite, um, you know, it, it was a pain in the neck to get satellite in your car. It was a nightmare, right? Yes, but now? And now, and now you could listen to just about anything in your car. So if you don't have the big get like Howard, even though he's not as uh, popular or as, or as good as he used to be, he's still getting the job done. But, yeah, I think Sirius XM is in deep trouble because they never really – they ne never really. Uh, I'm not even talking about the talent. I'm talking about the model itself. Oh, of course. It, you know the technology of throwing satellites in the air is insane. When when Wi-Fi has gotten so much better, Eric Logan told me that he's like, he told me early on. He's like, he told me two things. He said Wi-Fi is going to be the next big thing, and podcasting is going to be the next best, the big thing. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you Plastics. Know, if, I got, 
if I yeah exactly if I got <laughs> if I got in podcasting on the ground floor it I, it would be a different story I got I got into the game way too late uh, but yeah of course they're aft I don't want it anymore like take it out of my car I don't well, need this you know when I got let go officially it was let go uh, actually officially it was uh, my contract wasn't renewed if you want to know the truth uh, mm -hmm. they yanked my VIP accounts the next day yeah. <laughs> They were so mad. And then, and then one day I'm in my car after years of not having satellite radio. And also they were back on in my car. Really? You, you just got another, uh, you know, you called up Haji in uh, Mumbai and just got another like 60 days of free video of no, serious. No, they just were turned back on. I guess all the VIP accounts or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea how or why, but one day I popped in my car. And I'm like, what the hell? Wait a minute. Is, is my satellite radio back? And it certainly was. And I'm like, cool, man, because I like listening to the Pearl Jam channel. So thank you very much, Sirius XM. But the uh, cleaning lady happened to be at that door as I'm live on Facebook. So I'm like, oh, man, I almost felt like, oh, now I have to. And I you asked had her, to. I said, you know, I, I forgot something there. And she opened the door. And we walked down the hall. And I knew that was one of the last walks I would do at Sirius, although it took a little while. Did the cleaning that. woman get fired? No, God, no. Okay, just making sure. Oh no, and I we ended up because uh, there were there were um, employees at SiriusXM that were so mad at me because they thought she would get fired for that because they all know how Howard is. Turns out she did not get fired, and it turns out we uh, let's just put it this way: uh, the next day or a couple days later, she she got some nice things from from me as a sorry. So, all right, so you were a good boy. Even well, though it was the, I mean, uh, even though it was your ultimate demise. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm an a hole, but I'm also, uh, I'm also reasonable. <laughs> so, what's the future of like an OP? Because you know, is, is this something that's like sustainable for you? Is this something that I mean, obviously, I, uh, you're not doing it for the money, right? Because you know, I, just, I still like just turn this on and talking and talking to people. Um, you know, Monique, the that show took a lot out of me. I'm sure. A lot out of me and it's like i mean if i could grow this a little bit make a little more money i'd be i'd i'd be good but there's nowhere like podcasting i think is starting to be oversaturated absolutely i think, I think the next bit, big thing is actually live streaming but that that's going to now be oversaturated because everyone's going to start live streaming on a daily basis it, it's just um Unless you're Joe Rogan or like uh, Bill Burr or like Burt Kreischer and a few others, there's not a lot of money in podcasting right now. No, it's done. It's honestly, it's um, and, and that's why you know my whole thing with this has always been just doing it for fun. And yeah. and when, once it feels like it's a chore or that you need to do it, and I I feel like you do it in a lot of the same way I do. I mean, I personally don't have the money you do, but I don't have to work. So right. I don't feel like um, it's something, you just have to do it for fun. Because when it's not fun anymore, you stop doing it, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I, and people, when I say this, they just don't buy it, which is fine. But I'm having more fun. I don't make any money, but I'm having fun. It's, it's stress-free unless some of that Anthony crap comes up and then, <laughs> then we have to, Go back you fell and right. You fell right into that one, though. You fell right uh, no, into man. that I, one. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I know that guy. As far as you know, his motives and how he manipulates people. No, man, I'm not going to let that go. He wasn't trying to have a little fun. 
No. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry it went down that way. I I will be the first to admit that I automatically assumed it was you. I would yeah, have no idea who your wife what, is or what she looks yeah. like. I just assumed that he's like, uh, like okay, that's really weird, although I can't imagine that Monique, he and Opie. You're smarter than that. Yeah. I can't I imagine that he and Opie would no, no, be in no. the same room at no, the same time. I'm going to call you out on that. You're smarter than that. I don't know much about you, but it, through Tim and this and that. and just It's a cursory of, glance, though. So at a cursory no, glance? Why did it, like, he wasn't even in that restaurant because why, why isn't he talking on the video? So, I just assumed that it was somebody who sent him a picture. I didn't think that he yeah, was actually he there. Like he was there, and it's like, all right, you not being on the actual video with your voice makes it even stranger and creepier. Yeah, it was honestly it was cursory. I didn't even I didn't even give it a second glance Fair until enough. all of a sudden it blew up that right. you know that it was a thing and it got like millions of views because I feel like because you reacted to it. It got more views because you reacted That's, to it. Uh, well, when before I reacted to it, it already had a couple million. You know, anything Opie and Anthony get, gets the people talking. True. That's what's so sad. The bad blood between me and him is so bad that I have no desire to do anything with him ever again. And I'm not dumb. I know it would be millions of dollars, but it's not worth it to me. In the end, it's just simply not worth it to me. Yeah, agreed. But, but thanks for finally having me on. I figured, you know, since you had a potato on, you surely, <laughs> surely those guys wouldn't have, be an issue. Those guys have uh, been fun. And, you know, I, I, I obviously got to, like, develop this a little more, but I just have fun doing it, you know. As you should, as you um, should. But Monique, this was a pleasure. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks so much. I'm not gonna, not gonna go have some coffee. What's the, what's the big, uh, what's the big plug for you? Okay, so RioGunk.com at the forums where we chat about everything that has to do with anything social commentary. And Monday through Wednesday is the Today Tonight show that usually starts around nine oh five at night. Live stream on YouTube and podcast is everywhere where podcasts are available. Do you, um, one final question for you. Do you, do you give Howard credit when it's due or is it like F all that and we just like talk about, you know, the bad stuff? I save, I save hate for family and I don't, you know, I don't hate on him as much as some of my, um, my co-hosts do because I don't know him enough to hate him. Like, you know, I only hate people I know personally. And so, yeah. you know, I try to come at it with a, maybe sometimes a dissenting viewpoint from the rest of my guys, um, simply because I, I don't buy all the bullshit as being who Howard is. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate the guy at all. I just really frustrated all those years. He would fight these crazy battles behind the scenes. He never really took us on on his show. Not that we even wanted that. Never took you on. Never took you on. He took on every other radio show. But when it came to us, like he was this tough guy on the air. But behind the scenes, he would be calling my boss and yelling and screaming. My boss wasn't his boss. Because in his delusional mind, he thinks that if he gave you any, any kind of recognition, it would make you guys more popular. And he didn't want that. Yeah, I understand that. His ego got in the way because uh, – and CBS, man, going back to CBS, they were so frustrated because they finally had a lineup that was crushing around America. And then obviously we blew it up with our dumb stunt. But the thing should have been Howard Stern in the morning, Opie and Anthony in the afternoon, and then like Don and Mike was – they were killing it. And uh, uh, at that point I think they were in uh, middays. They had the lineup. 
But then Howard insisted that we we he didn't want us on the same stations as him. It's just like God. Who cares, man? You're. Cr I mean, at that point, he was crushing it. He cares. I know he cares. He cares he a cares. little too much. A little too much, Howard. Howard, call me. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. I'll be at your house in an hour. Call me. <laughs> Gonna go have some iced coffee and um and yeah, this was fun. Oh wait, I got a super chat. Monique, what's your thoughts on October? What a weird question. I have no thoughts on October. I can talk to you uh, until I'm blue in the face about Cocktober, but I have no uh, thoughts. On I, I do have to say, look, uh, you know, he. It just sounds like, ugh, God, when he starts talking about some of that sex stuff, am I am I becoming a goody two shoes? I, I feel like he's too old to be talking about that crap. He's going to be 70 years old. He is too old to be talking about this crap. Everybody that is on his show is eligible for Social Security. Everybody. God bless him. I mean, God bless him that he lasted. And there are certain long. conversations that I don't care to hear from Howard's mouth. I don't care <laughs> for him to tell me how sexy an 18 or 19-year-old is. I don't care for him to tell me how sexy he thinks Millie Bobby Brown is. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't need to listen about titty dresses or shit like that. And what's missing from his show so desperately is the thing all of us used to tune in to on Mondays or when he came back from vacation about, which is to hear what he did in his real life. Yeah. And like John always loves to say, if he would just exploit that, if he would just talk about, you know, what his, what his um, weekend really was like in your $50 million home, right. you know, what it's really like to be friends with you or come over for dinner. Or yep. what it's really like to, to be somebody who's probably never going to come out of his house again. He'll probably never be in the serious uh, studios not, again. I have no idea, but you're 100% right. I mean, if I, I'll, I'll end with something nice here about Howard. When he just turns on the mics and talks about his real life, it's really a good listen. It's a great listen because we're interested in peeling back that, that right. layer. Right. And he doesn't do that anymore. He'd but all rather... the doc, doc stuff is dumb. The phony phone calls are so fake. It's embarrassing. Lame. It's his all interviews lame. are good, but he changes his whole persona for them. It's like, it's whatever, man. Look, the yeah. guy's still kicking ass. What am I? And, and here I am outside freezing my balls off. Exactly. All right, Monique. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, sweetheart. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Okay, bye. All right, bye. What are the plugs? Private Facebook group. Click subscribe. I put the link in there every day uh, where you could join me on cameras. If you got something quick and easy, that that's great. If you got something long form, that's great. Uh, I saw a few of you were in the green room waiting for me to click on you, but you know, Monique and um, and the Radio Gunk that was a that was a big get for the kid. So join our private Facebook group, Opie Radio fans. Click subscribe, and we also have subscribers on my Instagram. It's all about subscribers these days. That's where all this is going to. So subscribe to something if you like what I'm doing or buy a stupid mug at opiradio.com or give me $4.99. I'm not begging. I got to go. Good. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-